We're gonna live in a house too big We're gonna buy our parents everything We're gonna wonder how you dropped us in Never seen you show us up and now you love to pretend One day you're gonna just like an after eight chocolate, welcome to episode eight of the North Sixty Forecast. Hmm. You saved yourself with the rid it to do at the end. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm Let's, Greg. I'm Darren. <laughs> We're Intro- north of sixty four. Intros haven't gotten better since the last one, and I promise the outro will be bad too. Yeah. We're not gonna figure out the outros. No. But the yet. bulk of this one is cool, and I think this can actually even spark some discussion between People who listen to this. Yeah. This one is going to be a pretty fun one for sure. This was one of the hardest things I've tried to come up with. The subject is if you are stuck on a desert island and can only bring three albums with you, what would they be? And I've struggled with this since we brought up doing this episode. When Darren suggested this episode to me, I immediately became very stressed out. (laughs) This is, and then, so I'm stressed out. And then you like, you know, when you think of like, like a few albums, like pop in your head right away, but then I'm like, okay, I need to be sure. So I was <laughs> scrolling through Spotify saved albums that I have. Yeah. That was a terrible idea. I came up with a list of like, I don't know, like 20 albums, 25 albums. Yeah. And I had to break it down to three. I think I did it, but I'm full disclaimer before we start this. Our answers might change the next time we talk. I yeah. am not sure if these are my all-time favorite albums, but I'm pretty sure they are. So this question was first posed to me by my wife, Michaela, I want to say four years ago. And off and on, I've been thinking about it ever since. That's stressful, man. So I figured what better time to get to the bottom of it than on this podcast. Oh, man. And I still don't think I'm going to, but I'm going to try my absolute best. Yeah. Shit, let's well let's um let's do it. Let's dive in. So we want to start before we get to the three Desert Island albums. Our favorite albums by local bands of Ever. all time. Any local band from us going to shows or from us knowing throughout the Ontario music scene, what's our favorite album? I wonder if they're gonna be the same. They might be. What's yours? You wanna do it like on the like three two one type thing? No, because if they're not the same, then we're stupid. Yeah, okay, so I'll do mine first. Sure. Mine is Like Pacifics, okay, Distant cool. Like You Ask. Yeah, that's not mine. That's an amazing album. That? Absolutely incredible. Yeah, and again, I had so much trouble even thinking of my favorite local band yeah. album. So these don't have to be current local bands, right? Especially because Ocrest dropped Anna Maria Drive. <laughs> and then I, I was instantly like, shit, like, I don't know what my favorite ever local band album will be. Shout out Ocrest. Shout out Ocrest, please. Check out the Nothing Serious podcast if you haven't yet. They just launched that a couple weeks ago. Or maybe several more weeks ago. Several more weeks ago they released that. It's been a several few weeks. What's up, boys? Um, Shout out Oakrest. Like Pacific Kicks Ass. That album is unbelievable. Yeah, Distant Like You Has. That album, that's one that... um, So the reason I love that album so much is because it fucking slaps, first of all. But my buddy, um, shout out Rob Jackson, our friend, he showed me that album and he picked me up from my house. I think we we're going to the mall or something. He picked me up from my house one day and I think I was in college at the time when it came out and we, he put it on and I just, or it was already on or whatever the case was. And I asked him who it was because I used to love a band called close your eyes. Ah, uh, yeah. They yeah. were signed the, a song for the broken. Close yeah, your eyes. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 A victory records band, whatever. That's um, a fucking throwback. Dude, Close Your Eyes was like one of my top bands in high school. So 
it, I, at first I was like, yo, this band sounds like close your eyes. And so I asked Rob right away, I was like, who is this? Yeah. And um, yeah, whatever he told me. And then I ended up, this album I think was just about to come out. Yeah. So he was like playing an older song or whatever. So and that album, this album ended up coming out and I was like, dude, like it is so fucking good. And then I think they ended up signing with this album or they already signed maybe. I don't know what the deal super, was. But. Super good guys too. Amazing live. Like one of the better live bands that you will see around canada like yeah, they're a lot up. of fun man they're vocalist um jordan, jordan black yeah, yeah he's he's a lot of fun live they're all he's super talented i think i think years ago like many 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 years ago false hope played with them before they were anything and they were just super nice really? super yeah we did we did yeah, the jam right. spot say word when they were so i remember it was i want to say it was like 2000 like one of the first year like of our band stages yeah and I believe they did a cover of Sugar We're Going Down by Fall Out Boy. Oh, word. And the place just fucking absolutely went off. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Well, shout out, like, Pacific. I don't even remember that. But shout out, like, Pacific, yeah. man. They are, um, they've got to be one of my favorite, at least my favorite current um, local band. What's so, your favorite local record? So, before I get into that, for a fuck local band, like Pacific is one of just my favorite bands. Yeah, no, me too, general. actually. Me too. Me too, actually. They are so talented, uh, man. So, my favorite local album of all time is a band that. It's very, very, very special to me and was very influential to me growing up. It's by a band called Dancing with Paris. Oh, the drought. And it's the drought. Let's go. That was almost mine. That was almost mine. So Dancing with Paris was a band that I first saw at the now extinct White Rabbit in Newmarket. Gotta be 10 years ago. At least, I want to say 2010, 2011. High school. Uh, And... Brett and I went, and our minds were just fucking blown of how amazing this band was. And the coolest part was it was only me, Brett, and our friend Enzo at that show. And those dudes fucking played like there was 10,000 people there. Yeah. They were always like that, man. Because even when Uh, I first saw them, there was probably 20 people there. And those dudes, like, played their hearts out. We played with them more times than I can count. I saw them even more than that. I fucking... I booked them. They're amazing guys. Uh, James Manning helped me a lot kind of coming up in the scene, just being, even just being nice to us as kind of dumb kids that really liked his band. You know what I mean? And even, um, their guitarist Pierce, Pierce Simpkin. I remember I thought it was the coolest thing when they were going to release the drought. And it was about um, two months before they were playing a show at the jam spot. And I told him how excited I was for it. And he takes like little 18 year old me and goes, well, do you want to hear it? Yeah. He takes me into his car and he gave me like a early, listening of the drought i saw it was like the coolest thing it's like these guys don't have to fucking pay any attention to me i'm this little dipshit kid yeah man they were always so personable too man they were always so real with everyone they were they were real real dope dudes and it's funny because if i was to come across dancing with paris or the drought if i was to come across that now i don't think i would like it it's just the time of our lives. It was in the type, the type of music we listened to back then too was different. So I listened to it. I'd probably say like six months ago. Me too. When it was so they first put it onto Spotify yeah. only this year, or last year, right? It still holds up. That yeah. album is amazing. James's vocals are incredible. It's kind of like his vocals are disgusting. If I can compare it to anything, I guess it'd be like kind of like Architects, where it's like super heavy, like eight string guitars, but then with these like really melodic vocals and lead lines and stuff. Yeah, and like, even heavier than that too, though. It is. I know it's hard to put a yeah. thing on it. Yeah. But they were super great to us and super great just growing up in like the local hardcore scene. Yeah. 
we always knew that if we wanted to book a show and we wanted people to come see our band, let's just fucking book Dancing with Parents. Yeah, because everyone's they will, coming out to that show. They will draw every time. And, bro, uh, for me, like, they were my first, um, like, big local band that yeah. I was, like, really fucking with. I remember. Like, when I first entered the scene. It was a really, really cool and proud moment when it was, like, the year before they broke up and they ended up playing at Warp Tour. Yeah, on the Lemon stage. But no. I don't think it was Ernie Ball stage. On the Ernie Ball yeah, stage. Yeah. And they had a big ass crowd. And I was like, I saw these guys four years ago playing in front of me and my buddy and look at them now. It's crazy, man. Like those years were dope. Yeah. So shout out Dancing with Paris. I miss the hell out of you guys yeah. as people and as a band. Me too. I'm pretty sure Pierce so Wilson tattoos in I'm not sure if it's Newmarket anymore. Is he still Newmarket? Maybe. Yeah. He's tattooing somewhere and um I think Pierce actually owns a brewery yeah. in Newmarket. I think it's Market Brewing he owns. And I, I believe could totally be wrong about that. But James I uh I believe James is like a TTC driver or something. Yeah, like, we're like a go bus driver or something. I'm not and then sure. John, I don't know. I don't know what anyone else is doing. They've all moved on with their lives. I'm hoping one day, maybe many years in the future. Let's get one more show. Oh my god, that'd guys. be insane, dude. Because their last show ever, the jam spot was unbelievable. I've never seen that place more packed. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. And I would uh I would do a lot for one more. Those dudes are great. More track. That'd be sick. I'd love that. But yeah, shout out like Pacific, shout out Dancing yeah. with Paris. Um yeah, before we dive into our our top albums of all time. So we're doing three each. Our three each. If we were if we are stranded on an island. You can bring three. How long are we on the island for? Forever. You're going to die there. For all time, we're dying there. I guess you get to bring us like a stereo with you, too. <laughs> so not a, That's like why I've never understood about these questions. <laughs> it's like, if you're on a death row, you could bring three movies with you. It's like, hey, do I get a fucking TV and a DVD player, too? And what power is it? All Tom Hanks got was a volleyball, but we can bring a whole <laughs> record collection if we'd like. But first, so, let's... Yeah. A few honorable mentions. Let's not even dive into them. No. We got two each. Oh, two each. How many do you want to do? I'll do more. Let's do three each. Three honorable mentions, quickly. Three honorable mentions? I'm going to start. Let's go back and forth. I'll do my first one. Okay. My first one is by a band called Less Than Jake. It's an album called Hello Rock View. Bet. I love that album to death. Bet. My first one is Couch Potato by Bobby Raps and Corbin, who both went on to be solo artists that I love. Cool. Very much. Cool. What's your next one? Number two, Anti-Flag, Die for Your Government. I saw the uh, 20-year anniversary of that album, I think, like two years ago now. That band has always been one of my favorite bands since I was a young kid, which is really fucked up for, like, an eight-year-old to be listening to Anti-Flag. <laughs> but I did. That album kicks ass. Um, this one, it's so close to me, which is why I'm going to mention it, but this may be my top three, but it can't be right now for the sake of the podcast. The Wonder Years, The Greatest Generation. That's my other honorable mention as well. Yeah, okay, that's, yeah. so that's for both of us. So then one more I'll say is... Ill Blood by No Warning. It's my favorite hardcore record of all time, I think. Can I do one more then? Yeah, three each, right? Yeah. Well, I did three. Greatest Generation. Oh, yeah. We'll so, do one more then. Uh, yeah. The Current Will Carry Us by Counterparts. Oh, big bet. Big yeah. bet. Yeah. A super important album, album for me. Me too. At the time when it came out. That was like, uh, almost like, um, we talked about it a bit last week too. You know when there's that album that kind of like, yeah. you feel your growth with it? Yeah. That was one of those for me too. The Greatest Generation was... I didn't, it was going to be in my top three between that and one other one. And I didn't know until this very moment when I said it, if that was going to be my honorable mention or on my number three. Oh yeah, right. So that's like an off, like off the whim. That is one of the greatest albums I've ever heard in my entire life. And I wish I could have four albums on this hypothetical island, but if I can only have three. Because that's not, when the person that steals you to bring you to the island, it... (laughs) 
Is this like some Wayfair bullshit? <laughs> no, that's never mind. It wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> Let's go into the um one more honorable mention. Uh self-titled by Blink182. And I'll end it there. Okay, one more for me. Blonde by Frank Ocean. That almost oh, made bad. it for me. Yeah. That almost, almost made it for me. Okay. I don't one really... more, all the right reasons by Nickelback. We're not doing this. We'll go all day. Okay, That's bro. what she said. Um, let's go three, two, one. You start with your number three. On three, two, one. No, like your number three album. Oh, <laughs> um, my... <laughs> so that's the thing. I can't do like one, two, three because I so, don't even know if these are my top. Three. Sorry, one A, B, one, one C. They're not like not in order. What's your first thing? The first one I'll mention, um, because I I honestly think this one actually is my all time favorite album of all time. Like I've always said this, "Dying Is Your Latest Fashion." I knew that was going to escape here. the fate. It's because this is one of the first albums where I really, really, I, I, it's one of those things you can't explain. It's one of those things where I really recognize, like, this was one of the bands, and it shouldn't have been, (laughs) and I fully understand that and acknowledge that, but this was one of the bands I saw. I didn't see them live, but I, like, saw them on YouTube and shit, and I was like, I want to be in a band. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this band is so fucking cool. Ronnie Radke is so dope. Max Green is so dope. Like, these guys are sick. And the music on this album, like, I thought was fucking, like, uh, I for this time, for, like, emo music, I mm-hmm. thought it was, like, revolutionary. And it kind of, kind of was for that genre. And that's, even if nothing else, like, if it's not something you even really listen to much now, if it's that influential to you and shaped you as who you are today as a musician... That holds weight, and that should that's be an important one of these. album. Yeah, yeah, and that's why. So that's that was one of the biggest. That was my leading factor in. These. Yeah, same here. That was one of like the most. One of the things that made this the most stressful. Like that's why the greatest generation by the Wonder Years. Wonder Years yeah. almost made it here for me too. But this one, no. Dying is latest fashion by Escape the Fate. It's Ronnie Radke, Escape the Fate, not Craig Mabbitt, Escape the Fate. The best Escape the Fate. Yeah, Ronnie Radke Ronnie was Radke. the best Escape the Fate. OG Escape the Fate. But um, yeah, that album is just. Yeah, it's different for me. It's always, always, I've always carried it with me and I can listen back to it. I listen back to it like very often, like at least once a month, sometimes like a a couple times a month. But that album, I can always go back to it and I can always sing along to it. And I have never, ever gotten sick of it, even when I was in grade eight and I was playing it on repeat over and over again. Like I'm still, I've never gotten (coughs) sick of that album. So that's... um. That's probably my top album of all time for that reason. So mine, I do have a clear number one. I'll do it last. But mine is uh, in the very much the same vein as you and even kind of like the same genre. Close anyways. Yeah. It is Welcome to the Black Parade by uh, My Chemical Romance. So at the time, I think I I must have been like 15 or something, right? When I hear hear, um, the title track, The Black Parade, on Much Music, I think it was like a Much Countdown or some shit, right? I hear that piano and I'm instantly like hooked by yeah. it. And then I see this video with like the orchestra and like whatever. The video was crazy for that. They went too hard on that. And I just thought it was like the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And like the most epic fucking banger of a song I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. And I still think it's one, if I had to pick like a top 10 songs, the Black Parade is in there. Yeah, that's fair. Like I love that album to death. I remember at the time, all I wanted to do was play guitar like Frankie Aero. I thought it was the most incredible shit I've ever heard. The way they're like harmonizing guitars in like rock music like this 
And the way Gerard Way is just like belting his vocal belting. over everything. Yeah. He's a great voice. And these super like interesting angsty lyrics and very shit. emotional like, like makes you feel yeah. you know like i thought it was just the, the coolest thing of all time and that was one of the key factors in me really getting into playing in bands because i was like well fuck i want to do what these guys are doing you yeah. know what i mean it's kind of like the same with you with escape the fate it's like it's not really the genre that i was really going for but it was just like the coolest thing you know and then all the artwork around it and the packaging around it i was lucky enough to see them uh, on the Black Parade tour with Blink One Eighty Two back That's in uh, back in Toronto. That's like the peak, the pinnacle, yeah. you know. And it was just the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's amazing. That's, that's uh, mine are kind of in order. That is my number three. Yeah, if I had to guess. But what's your what's your next one? So these these last two are very difficult with so many other albums. I really did not know what to choose, but um, one. I will say I'll save this one for last. So, so one that I I found only uh, I want to say two years ago, give or take two or three years ago, maybe. Um, it's by a band called Rainbow Kitten Surprise, called How to Friend nice. Love Freefall, yeah. and. When I, so my girlfriend Emily showed me this album and the first song she showed me on it, um, it's called When It Lands. Mm. When she first showed me this song, I was, first of all, I was drunk in a car coming home from Kyle's house. <laughs> in the backseat of your car nice. coming yeah, home yeah. from Kyle's house, actually. Um, when I first heard that song, I was like, holy shit. So then like I sober up and I listened to the whole album and I'm just like, dude, the the way every single record is recorded, mm -hmm. the way like the music musicianship, the lyrics are incredible. Like everything about this album is almost like everything I want to be as a songwriter. Yeah. So it's a very inspiring album, but the originality behind all of it too is amazing. They're so yeah. unique. I can't, I could not tell you who they sound like. I genuinely no, they sound could like not. themselves. They sound like rainbow kitten surprise. Mm -hmm. And, and it sucks that they have the name Rainbow Kitten Surprise because I can only imagine <laughs> that scares so many people off from listening to them. So I was just going to say, it's the best band ever with the worst name because for years I see that band name. I'm like, oh, it's this like shitty Tumblr band. It sucks, not, man. It's Law Dispute. I'm not paying any attention it's to so it. it's so far from that. Yeah, and because it, it was the same thing. Emily is the first one who introduced it to me. Yeah. I'm like, holy fuck, this is so cool. It fucking slaps. You know? And just like you said, the general musicianship behind all of it is like next level amazing. It's crazy. And the way they record it, it's also raw too. You know what I yeah. mean? So I had the chance of Emily and I went and saw them live. I forget like the Phoenix or Mod Club. I honestly, I forget. Somewhere downtown we saw them live. And their performance may be, this is another reason I think why this is one of my favorite albums ever. Mm -hmm. um, their performance may have been one of the best performances I've ever seen. And it wasn't a stadium show. Like it wasn't an amphitheater show. Mm -hmm. It was literally a club in Toronto or like some like concert venue in Toronto. And their performance was amazing. Like all, all like everyone in the band is playing everything. So it not necessarily like um, perfect to the record, but it just yeah. sounds so good. The vocalist live was absolutely incredible. His energy was incredible. Mm. But um, yeah, man. Killer album. Amazing album. How to Friend, Love, Free Fall, Rainbow Kitten Surprise. I'll never remember what it's called, and I always have to write it down. Yeah, big, I wrote it down for this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that album. What's your number two? My number two shouldn't be much of a surprise to 
people who know me or have seen me play guitar. It's Blink-182. <laughs> oh, it's not. It's, it's not. not. Never mind. You said guitar, so now I know who it is, and I'm wrong. <laughs> I feel moderately offended somehow. <laughs> <laughs> In one way or another, there's like three insults packed into one there. <laughs> Fuck me. Oh, uh, so uh, it's how you play guitar. So it's Edge's solo album from U2. <laughs> he's, he's currently standing up and walking away. Don't talk about U2 in my house. <laughs> Go ahead, my sorry. What's your number two album? <laughs> my number two album of all time is Continuum by John Mayer. So back when I was first uh, learning how to play guitar, I had known John Mayer as the guy who did Your Body is a Wonderland. Yeah. Or waiting on the world to change. Yeah. These like kind of chintzy, cheesy radio pop songs, right? And one day I'm home from school and I'm just kind of going through the YouTube rabbit hole, as I used to do all the time and still kind of do. And a video pops up where it says John Mayer slow dancing in a burning room live in Los Angeles. And I don't really even know why I clicked it, but I did. And immediately I hear like that tone from his strat. Oh, dude. And I'm like, okay. Okay, I'm I'm in. Like, let's yeah. see what he's got. And then the last, like, minute and a half of the song where he just unleashes this, like, unbelievable... It's still my favorite solo of all time. This unbelievable guitar solo. And I'm like, okay, see, this is what I want to do, like, for a living. Like, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. It was the most amazing thing. And from there, I just got hooked. And that's the first album I found of his. And to this day, I'll I'll still put it on, if not weekly, bi-weekly just to try to learn from it and learn his tendencies of what he does. Yeah. John Mayer, I find like he has like the most sought after guitar tone for a lot of modern day guitarists. And I've spent a lot of money trying to get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's good yeah. though. Cause even if you like, you take the money out of it, he, you can listen to like any of his albums and watch any live videos. And he is great to learn from mm-hmm. as a guitarist. I've always found that he's just so like effortlessly good. Like he's he's never trying to be showy in what he's doing. It almost hurts to watch that though. And he can have a full on conversation with you while he's playing. Yeah. And play yes. the most amazing thing you've ever heard. And I've always just I again you can kind of tell from my playing if you know me, but I've I've always very much looked up to him. And that album in particular, I think, is his easily his best work. Yeah. Um, if nothing else from that album, you get gravity. And slow dancing in a burning oh room. Oh my god! Which are both two of those like beautiful pieces of music I've yeah. ever heard in my life. You have belief is on there. It's years later listening to it, waiting on the world to change is a very underrated song, and the guitar work <laughs> in it is very impressive. It's because it was a song on the radio as we were growing up. Yeah, it like makes it like less cool or whatever the case is. Yeah, but no, I agree. It, it slaps. Same with your body's Wonderland. The song slaps too. I still. That's fine. No, it slaps. It's a good song. It's just not my cup of tea. But even that, though, there's some really interesting guitar work in your body as a Wonderland that you don't know until you really dive into You have to pay attention to it, yeah. Right? Like, there's some really cool chord changes in that song that when you just kind of hear on the radio, go, oh, it's your body as a Wonderland. Yeah. Whatever, right? But I've... uh, I'm always trying to learn from what he's doing. I think he's a a great example of, of a guy if you want to pick up just tendencies and songwriting and playing and even want to steal a couple of licks from him. Yeah. Uh, John Mayer will always be my biggest uh, guitar influence. Uh, yeah. I think I me too, actually. Yeah. I think that goes for a lot of guitar. You can hear it a lot in your playing. You have, you have your own style of guitar playing, but you yeah. very much so hear uh, John Mayer um, influences yeah. in there. Yeah. Continuum is uh, 
like I said, I, I think it's his best album. There's a couple that come close, but that is definitely my favorite, and that is my number two. Yeah, that's a nice uh, segue actually into what I'm going to name as my final one here. Um, Swimming by Mac Miller for many reasons. Um, One of the most important reasons why that album is so important to me is because because of if it wasn't for Small Worlds by Mac Miller and John Mayer, we wouldn't be a band. We wouldn't even be making music together in the capacity that we're making it with North of 64. So that's the perfect like. So as you've seen with our albums here, they're very different from each other. Yeah. But that's the perfect example of our two different tastes kind of merging together to do this. 100%. And it was just such like an eye-opening moment for us. So it's like, holy fuck, we can make this work. This will, yeah, this can work and it can be like, we can start developing our own sound over time by doing this, right? But um, Swimming by Mac Miller and the, another reason for it. So I was... I always knew Mac Miller growing up. I was never into party rap though. And that's what he was kind of tied into. Like the blue slide park era kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So like at, at the time when that, when those albums were bumping and when they were fresh, like for me, I wasn't really too into them. So, um, it was when the divine feminine came out, which I think was the same year that good AM came out, but the divine feminine came out and it was my first time. Where I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to give him a full shot. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened to be that it was a totally different style of an album (laughs) that he's ever done before. And it was more of this like soul, like sexy, um, almost like more leaning towards an R and B album, but still like the Mac Miller hip hop influence in it. So I, I heard that and I thought that whole album was incredible. I ended up listening to good AM and I ended up listening backwards to all of this shit. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Holy shit. Like I'm like a big Mac Miller fan. Yeah, Yeah. And then, um, Swimming comes out. I I think the album is absolutely incredible. Um, I had tickets. Emily and I had tickets to go see him in that November at Rebel. And then, unfortunately, he passed away that September. Yeah, such a shame. And that was the last album he released prior to his passing. And I think it it was just such a beautiful album before he passed away. For sure it was. Where yeah. then it's like you listen to it after he passes away and it like it genuinely hurts. Like yeah. it's like I still think that's his best work. Me too. Today. I think he really peaked well, okay, so no, I, I take that I back entirely. Because he yeah. was I don't think he was at his peak yet. And I think he had close. so he's like twenty four, twenty six years old or something. It's like that dude had so far to go musically. And yeah. we just heard him kind of like scraping at the side of the cliff of what he was about to become. You know what I mean? 100%. I think Swimming was such a beautiful piece of work. And then Circles came out afterwards, which I love the idea of dropping a posthumous album. And it was cool. I'm not sure if that's how he would have finished the album. I don't think so either. I like it for what it is. And it was a nice, like there's obviously like an emotional tie-in to it, which I feel like if it wasn't there, you wouldn't really think as much of the album. I agree. Yeah, it was nice closure because when he released Swimming, apparently his idea was to do mm-hmm. the Swimming in Circles right. box set or whatever, however he was going to do it. But he never so got to finish it. Circles was part two. So it was nice to get that closure of the project. But yeah, um, yeah for many reasons, Swimming is... yeah. It, if I'm deserted on an island, that's one album I need with me. So that almost made mine too for the yeah. same reason. Yeah. Uh, because again, without that album and that song, we wouldn't 
Yeah, we're probably not doing this, this podcast right, right now, now if it wasn't for that. I might be uh I might not play I might not play guitar anymore. You know, like uh yeah. who knows where we Shit, we'd be. Yeah, right? I'd be fat prat. <laughs> With an F, right? Thank you so much, Mac Miller. <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah, but so that almost made mine. Yeah. Shout out Mac uh, Miller. Rest in peace, Mac Miller. Rest in peace. Um but my number one album of all time is the 59 sound by the Gaslight Anthem. Mm. Oh, I should have known that shit. Yeah. Again, so mine are, if you know me, mine are pretty predictable, outside of maybe the Black Parade, but um, I've spoken a lot even about the, on this podcast about him. Brian Fallon, as a, if John Mayer's my biggest guitarist influence, Brian Fallon's my biggest songwriting influence. Uh, to me, he is the best songwriter that I've ever heard. Like, um, the way he tells stories with his lyrics and his melodies that you didn't even really know you wanted to be told until you're listening to it. I've always just thought it is amazing. Like his, his way of hooking you in. Yeah. And that album in particular. So again, it was, I found it on YouTube years ago. I found a live performance of the track, the 59 sound. And it's this guy in like a jean jacket with this like deep, like Jersey Bruce Springsteen accent, just smashing the telly. And I'm like, well, oh, that's pretty like it's cool. Hard. Like, yeah. I, it was kind of like punk rock, but with kind of like cleaner sounding guitars and a more like vintage tone. And I'm instantly just like so intrigued by it. Yeah, right? kind of relates to like your roots of music, like with punk and shit like that. So it was like a mature punk rock. Yeah. Which when I found it at the time, I was I was kind of moving out of like the the fuck everything hyper aggressive <laughs> yeah. pop punk. Anyways, so after I find that. I then do a bit of a dive on them, and I find their album American Slang, which has similar style, but a bit more just, like, refined writing to it. Because they're a band that kind of went from, like, they started as a punk band with, um, I believe the album's called uh, Sink or Swim, if I want to say, and evolved into the 59 sound, and then became more of, like, a rock band, if anything else. But um, it was always led by this, like, super raspy vocal with these amazing lyrics of uh, Brian's and I've, I've always just found it. So like whenever I need an inspiration boost, a lot of times I'll throw that album on and yeah. just kind of refamiliarize myself with why I'm doing this. Like what made me like, in a way it almost made me like fall in love with music. Hearing yeah. That and album. it's always, always, and that's what we're having this talk right now. That's why we're even having this conversation. It's like, yeah. it's always so important to go back to the albums that you found inspiration in at one point in your yeah. life, because if you're in a spot like right tomorrow, you're supposed to make music. You're in a spot where you don't know yeah. if you can, like you just can't find inspiration. Go back to those albums where you know they've showed you inspiration before. Yeah. And it's just a reminder of like why I'm doing this. Yeah. Right? Like, like I said it again with, uh, with my couple Karamets, but I really feel like this was one of the albums along with continuum as well. The kind of the theme of why I want to do this for a living. Yeah. Right. Like these are the albums that like push me towards of this. Isn't just like a hobby that I want to do. I want to do what these guys are doing. Yeah, totally. And I've learned uh, a lot from from Brian Fallon, whether it's just songwriting or structuring melodies or even uh, writing lyrics or whatever, right? Um, I've learned a ton from him, and I will always go back to the album. I never thought I'd be able to say I have a number one album of all time. But you think, like, that's the one? If I, if I can never listen to another record in my entire life and I had to pick one, it would always be that album. Yeah, bet. Every time. There you yeah. go. So that list was hard to come up with, but I think... 
Yeah, this was the most stressful podcast prep. <laughs> so there's never been podcast prep. It's usually like a two-minute conversation. Yeah, for any of these that we've done. For this one, I had to sit at home and try and figure out what my top albums ever are. And yeah. that was the most stressful shit. I feel good about my list, though. Like, I feel like... Yeah, I think mine feels accurate. I feel like if you asked me the same question in a month, I don't think it would change, to be honest. You know what? I think I feel the same way. In yeah. five years' time, shit will change. Maybe, as you more have more time to reflect but, on things. But like, even even then, I think it's just going to be adding to the list. Like, I don't think sure. it's going to be like... Like, we will never be on an island with three albums and an imaginary stereo. Never say never, bro. <laughs> <laughs> never say never. Well, knock on fucking wood. That's our next vacation. What do you mean, knock on wood? Where do you think we're writing our next album? So we're bringing these three albums. Mm-hmm. We're going to... What are we going to record it with? We're going to bring all our gear to a deserted island? Hey... So it's like Survivor. If they figured out how to record in the 1900s, we can do it too. Like, yeah, you're right. Survivor. So it's Survivor. Survivor. I hardly <laughs> know her. <laughs> so it's Survivor. <laughs> but instead of like, you have to survive too, right? You have to find food and shit and whatever Isn't it else. just the two of us? Yeah, yeah. But cameras might, who knows? There might be a camera crew. Cameras money. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a camera crew. So not only do you have to survive, you have to record a record. Okay. You don't, but with no equipment, like you have to find that, you have to figure that out. You know, we could do it'd be a cool episode. Desert Island gear. If you could bring three pieces of gear to a deserted island, what would it be? I know what mine is right off the bat. Tune in for episode nine. (laughs) (laughs) We're not doing this next week. That's a stupid. We won't. We'll do something cool for you next week. All right. Love y'all. If you made it this far, we appreciate you. We hope, uh, check those albums out, man. Those are all yeah. solid, even the honorable mentions. All of those albums are so, so good. And reach out to us. Uh, give us your top three yeah, and your honorable your mentions. We're always why. down for some new uh, music to listen to or even old music that we've forgotten about. So DM us to your, what your top yeah, three is. Submit too. your essay explaining what your top three albums are and why in MLA <laughs> format. And mm-hmm. you may win a chance to be on the North of 60 forecast. And in case we don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, <laughs> good night. Oh.